Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, this is Kate Kalzik, and I, I have not done the legwork needed to, to continue the bit, so I will attempt for next week. But right now, we're just going to dive right in <laughs> with uh, friend, of the, friend of the show, Marcus, joining us back in the chat. Welcome back, Yay! Marcus. As well Yay! as, of course, uh, my fabulous co-host, Allison Schumacher, Noel Kirkpatrick. And we are kicking off our journey today with Gravity Falls. We were going to start on, on Monday, and then there was going to be a blizzard. So then we had to do other things instead. Well, but we are- a blizzard for two-thirds <laughs> of us. Well, I, we didn't get a blizzard, though I will say uh, I was not, I was working all day, so I was not shoveling, but uh, my mom spent about five hours shoveling the other day. <laughs> I was like, she, she was like, come back from the dentist. She's like, I think I'm going to shovel after. And then like, it had been a couple hours. I hadn't heard. So I called. No. And then the like, couple hours after that called. Are you still outside? She's like, yeah, it's actually really hot. So, which is only in, like, Chicagoland. It's like, there's snow everywhere. People are like, yeah, it's actually it's too hot out here, so I'm going to just not worry about the cold. Um, our thoughts are with everybody, especially everybody in Texas, dealing with no power and other other parts of the country that are not built for the kind of weather that, uh, that we are used to every, uh, every year in Chicagoland. Um, so hopefully everybody has power. Hopefully everybody is keeping warm. Uh, Marcus, how is it up by you? Are you guys getting any of these storms or are you good? Uh, good now. Last week was cold. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm yeah. So next week, guys, next week we're supposed to get into the 30s. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, we're going to see Chicago shorts guy. He's my favorite. <laughs> the guy who starts wearing shorts the second it's above 28 degrees in Chicago. It's my, it's my, it's like other, you can keep Puxitani Phil. That is what I look for. Shorts guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also excited uh, to be starting our journey with Gravity Falls. Now, of course, listeners to the Televerse over the years know that Noel and I are big fans. But Allison had never seen any Gravity Falls. Uh, so, Allison, I'm going to start with you. Noel's got a heart out. He's going to have to take off a little earlier than normal. But I have to start with Allison because you've never seen it before. What did you think of these first two episodes, Tourist Trapped and The Legend of the oh, Gobblewonker? I think it's Gobblewonker. Gobblewonker. Yeah. What did you think of these? And... Um, you know, one of our favorite, not really favorite, uh, pilot setups. I promise that doesn't happen. We don't get more of those direct-to-cameras. Uh, but what, what did you think? <laughs> I mean, when when well de- when appropriately and well-deployed, it, it's effective. It, it worked just fine there. I was like, yep. I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. I really liked it. It was delightful. Um, I feel like I learned some stuff about myself as a child because I was like, oh, I'm such a Mabel. And then I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> nope. Nope. All those cameras. No, I'm not. I'm, I definitely bought the 18 disposable cameras. That was definitely <laughs> me. Um, I just I love the sort of growing mythology and this fun waffling back and forth between um none of it's real and all of it's real and oh well it's real but it's actually something you weren't expecting and then no maybe it is it's the world building is really fun um i have immediate fondness for it's not the mystery spot because the mystery spot is the one that i know what's what mystery shack the shack yes mystery shack yeah, there is. I'm sure there are mystery spots in every state in the country, but there is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan a deeply weird place that I spent a lot of time, especially as a child. Um, there's a tourist trap called the Mystery Spot where you go and it's like the magnetic gravitations make it so you can't sit 
normally and there'll be like a chair balanced on the wall and then you can sit in it and you, it's and it's all optical illusions and whatever but i loved it i was obsessed with it so the second i saw the mystery checkers like yes please let's do this um so yeah big thumbs up for me all around that's not coherent thoughts but um i enjoyed it very much so i'm having a overwhelming response <laughs> no how was it for you revisiting these episodes uh pretty pretty fun i think one of the big things about this show is because of the way it aired originally which i joked about i think uh, a couple weeks ago was that you we we got like two episodes every six months um so there was no way to remember what happened without like watching everything over again um and so a lot of gravity falls is really fuzzy for me so this was a really kind of fun way of starting to revisit and kind of watch it fresh but also giving me a chance to go like wait a second you you were giving me all the clues already mr policeman (laughs) yeah um so that that was fun like not to give too much away, but there's a big mystery, Allison. Um, and all the clues are there, but they're also all there at the end credits. I hope you deciphered both of the end credit ciphers um, <laughs> that are right at the end of each credit sequence. Yep. Nope. <laughs> there are little, little ciphers to uh, break down that actually use like proper um, cryptography uh, ciphers to break down to figure out yeah that's cool. so there's all that kind of stuff but i was just going like there's a bunch of triangles here hmm. i wonder if that will come back i'm suddenly parched yeah, so yeah i'm suddenly I, parched I, i've missed this i have missed this i won't lie but there's just such a weird sense of fun and whimsy in these episodes particularly in the in the first in Tars trapped um that like marcus says of like i immediately came on board when the gnome revealed happened it's just like yes Yes, because how can you not go immediately on board when it's like, no, it's not a zombie. It's just a bunch of gnomes stacked on top of each other. (laughs) Yeah. Pretending to be a zombie. Pretending to be a zombie boy, because really, how distinguishable are they? Really? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, these these first episodes, I think they... I had forgotten about the, the, the... structure of the pilot i guess with the direct to camera and narrating you know all that i was like oh i'm immediately annoyed if i had never seen the show before i would think the show was worse than it actually is um and of course it's it's a fabulous show i really like it but yeah it's just such a piloty thing i was was just like watching this going gravity falls you're better than this come on we we know you're better than this and uh so, so i it does start a little slower than i remembered because you don't like you know because like you said, though, the way that we watched it was just so spaced out that, you know, I can, my mind glazes over any of like the kind of growing pains that may have happened at a certain point um, and really sells into just the energy and the vibe of the show. I, lo- I love how quickly and, and efficiently they established Dipper and Mabel uh, and Grunkle Stan, uh, which is delightful. Uh, Great Uncle Stan. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Mabel is very much not me. I was never like the boy crazy tween or whatever. That was never ever me. Um, but if if I wasn't on board with Mabel from Kristen Shaw's delightful vocal performance, they make sure that they have you by the end of the pilot when she's like grappling hook. 
as, as like, the, the person in the party who's, like, go-to is the chaotic good uh, rogue, which is such a cliche, and I'm fully aware of this. I embrace and accept that about myself. It's like, if you got to pick one tool, you always go for the grappling hook. It's the right choice. And so the fact that Mabel's the kind of character who's going to be covered in <laughs> glitter and stickers and, and all of that, and also be like, ooh, grappling hook. I was like, you know, it's it's... Of course I'm going to be on board on board with them. Jason Ritter is also, I think, really fun as Dipper in that neurotic lead kind of role. Um, but yeah, there's just all the Mr. Policeman clues are right there. Um, so I'm going to look forward to... I'm going to look forward to Noel and I trying to not be obnoxious about that while enjoying it, while also trying to not ruin things for Allison. The upside is that I can't be, like, too obnoxious because I so much of this is just very fuzzy in my brain mm-hmm. um, that I'm just like, I'll be okay. It's fine. I can't, I can probably accidentally spoil things by misremembering what happened, but it won't be like a, <laughs> just the triangles thing. <laughs> yeah. This is important to keep in mind. I mean, y'all managed to pretty successfully not spoil Avatar for me. I'm sure we'll be fine. Right, yeah, no. But that was easy because I have an encyclopedic knowledge of that, so I knew what not to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Uh, Kate, it's funny that you brought up D&D because I was actually thinking about D&D a lot while I was watching these episodes. I will admit mainly because um, my single favorite time as a as a player in a D&D session was when my friend Neil and I, who were both playing, I think I was a dwarf and he was a halfling, um, did two kids in a trench coat to 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 like move through a dungeon we did the two kids in a trench coat thing for the almost the entire session um and it was so much fun so obviously i was thinking about that and and when we were talking about the gnomes but um it just has a let's go adventuring and um in oh no now we've got to roll for initiative kind of vibe that I really responded to. Um, also, aesthetically, I am definitely a Mabel. I may have realized that I'm not a Mabel in any other way. I am not a chaotic good rogue, uh, but I feel like if if this were uh, a visual as well as an auditory medium, for those of you listening, I would hold up my <laughs> computer so you could see all of the pink shiny things in my home <laughs> that Tom just uh, allows me to have. So anyway, yeah. Um, D&D, I think, is an interesting comparison, and I'm excited to see if that vibe continues. Mm -hmm. Well, Noel, uh, because we only have a few more minutes, I'm going to throw it to you next. Uh, Thoughts on Legend of the Gobblewonker? I had not realized how quickly we got into, like, the relationships. I thought, I I was remembering it taking longer for there to be more warming up to Grunkle Stan, and nope. Second episode. What did you think? Yeah, I forgot about that as well. Um, I thought there was more of it. But I think it's good because you need that warming up to have the whole thing with the uh, vending machine and everything really kind of land of Stan's hiding shit. Um, And you need that dramatic tension of the kids being invested in him and then going, wait, you've hidden all this stuff from us. And watching that unfold and the dramatic irony of that. Um, But... On top of that, the what I actually ended up really liking in um, particularly Gobblewonker is the ways in which they continue to play with those expectations of not only do we get that whole thing of Stan seeing the idyllic ideal of a grandparent or great uncle relationship with two young people of like, oh, thanks, Gramp, Gramp. 
um, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then also what could go really sour when the kids see it of the old man, the old prospector building various robots <laughs> that destroy towns after he has been disappointed. And the kids going, oh, this is like two disappointments away from Uncle Stan turning the mystery shack into a mecca that will then destroy all of Oregon. Um, so I like the way that those kind of character relationships fed into like the mystery of the week kind of deal of, wait, is there this Loch Ness monster in this lake in, in Oregon somewhere? Yes, but also no, but also yes. And so just building all of that in through character vibes, plus getting a little bit more of um, an understanding of, oh goodness, his name, I can't remember, um, Seuss. Um, and bringing Seuss in a bit more as well. I think it just layered really well and feels really lived in from the start. So I really appreciated the structure of that. But then I also just really appreciated in the pilot how we went from zombies to gnomes to gnome golem thing that <laughs> undercuts everything that you were expecting it to be based on the little you're wondering how i got here tease um of like you were now expecting gnomes stacked on top of each other that will then be dispersed with a leaf blower mm-hmm. yeah yep yep i i very much agree uh i have questions about seuss um how old is seuss ageless <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, because I always enjoy Seuss, but like I never, I never got a sense of that because there were times I felt like he was supposed to be an adult, and there were times I felt like he was supposed to be a high schooler. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure which it is because uh, Wendy's obviously a teen, um, and you know, like a, I don't know, like a sophomore, or junior, or something like that. Seuss kind of. is canonically 22. Okay. Which, to Marcus's point, is still a man-child, so yes. <laughs> yes, that's yes, that's a good point. Um, uh, I enjoy that Grunkle, Sam, and Seuss are both voiced by Alex Hirsch, who is the creator, um, which is delightful. Um, yeah, let me see. I guess I just want to give you a, any other final thoughts on these episodes before we let you peace out. No, they're just, they're both really solid. I was surprised at how, like, kind of, there's not too much of, a, like, a curve really mm-hmm. across these two episodes so i was pretty happy with revisiting these and going like oh yeah these are these are good and i'm looking forward to listening to the last however few minutes of this podcast uh <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> well do you have anything you want to tease or say you are excited about for season one or even just specifically our next uh no because i don't remember episode. anything clearly <laughs> okay anything. okay fair, um, fair enough so yeah anyway everyone have fun i'm gonna go hang out with my landlord yeah, have fun. Okay, so Allison, uh, let's dive in a little bit more with the the gobble wonker here, because uh, we've talked a little bit about the gnomes. Do you have any other thoughts on Tudor's Trapped? No, it was great. It was really fun. I was, I did not, I don't usually laugh out loud when I'm watching something by myself, like many people. That's not a novel idea. Um, but I was watching this by myself because Tom had to work and uh, just, I laughed a lot. Um, a lot. If it, it's been a rough week, and it made me feel great. Um, what about the Gobblewonker? Did you enjoy our our various uh other families and Grunkle Stan just really trying to glob on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he wound up with that that Lake Police Security anklet. Um, but he should probably rethink some of his choices. Um, 
Yeah, I I think that this was great. I love a little nice sentimental ending um, that then gets undercut by the realization. I mean, first of all, by the death ray mentioned, but also then the realization that, ooh, maybe there is a, a sort of Loch Ness, a gobblewonker, a Loch Ness monster hiding out in this lake. Um, but it was, I love when when any series tells a relatively simple story in a way that feels really fresh and unexpected and new. And in this case, oh, well, you know, the real thing that we want to get on camera is precious memories is really straightforward. But I also think it was pretty effective. Um, You know, I was emotionally engaged, which is no small feat for a series where we're only two episodes in and it's not as if we've spent a ton of time really focusing on the relationships. Um, other than between Dipper and Mabel, I guess. So, um, so yeah, I thought this one was also great. I'm not sure I have groundbreaking thoughts on it, but, uh, but I enjoyed it very much. This is why we're doing two episodes yeah. for each podcast. Good call. Because, like, there will be, like, at a certain point, things will need to be broken down more. But we are a ways away from that. Um, so... That we, that may shift. It probably will not. Um, and, and, you know, I... It's just one of those things that's so fun to just... It's very disposable, right? You can just watch it and enjoy it, and then you don't need to dwell, you know? And don't get me wrong, that's one of the things I really like about Lodge 49. But it's also nice to just be like, that was fun. That was... That's all, that's all I got. Yep. That's all I got. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marcus says, I like the boat's name. Noel pointed out SS Cool Dude, but also Stano War. It's not quite at, like, UK plow naming levels, but, like, it's still pretty delightful. So, yes, I'm on board with that. And Marcus, if you have any other thoughts, please do throw them up in the chat. Um, were you surprised by the reveal of the, um, whatever is happening with the um, vending machine, Allison? No. I mean, yes, but also no. Um, but also, of course. Yeah. I mean, there was, there had to be some other vibe. Um, I don't know that I would have picked Vending Machine, but it's very, it had a very SD6 kind of thing going, which is always obviously right up my alley. Um, so I'm into that. Uh, I was more surprised, and I've mentioned this already, but I was more surprised by Real Monster as opposed to Mechanical Monster because of the sort of structure of the fake out of the fake out of the fake out of the fake out, um, which I think was a, a wonderful little double whammy of an ending. Um, but I'm very curious about what's behind what's in our secret vending machine land. Uh, but no, I didn't find it all that surprising. Did you? Yeah. I Oh, when I first watched it, uh, not so much, uh, but, uh, I, I think I was a little surprised, but not a lot. I, or, or maybe surprised that they're already going there in episode two. Um, but, you know, we'll see when we get more information on that. It may be a little bit. Uh, Marcus says, I do think the vending machine thing would have been better tacked on to episode two after Grunkelstone, uh, Grunkelstone bonded with Daper and Mabel. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the, I, I like all the time we spend in all, all the little cutaways to the mystery shack and the tourists and stuff and Stan doing his spiel. Like, I think they do a good job of balancing the, uh, these kids are unsupervised so they can get into hijinks. But also the parents uh, or the, the you know the supervisory figure is around. It's like the thing that they've they've just done studies for children's entertainment that like if you show if you make a, a show for kids where there are no adults, it stresses kids out like viewers out. Um, so they need to have because then they worry like why aren't the parents there? Why aren't their parents? What's going on? Who's you know no one's taking care of these kids? Something's wrong. But 
if you have the parents involved, they are bored and they don't like it. So what you have to do is you have to, they have to have parents who love them and care for them, who are busy working or something else so that, you know, Jimmy can go off on adventure with Cosmo and Wanda or, you know, whatever, and have that be, you know, the kids have their independence, but still there's some structure. I thought that they balanced that well with Grunkle Stan. I do, like, I don't think, and Marcus, let me know if I'm incorrect here. I don't think we ever find out, like, why Dipper and Mabel have been shipped off to live with their great uncle for an entire summer and... That's treated as if that's normal and not weird. <laughs> I think it is kind of normal. I'm not yeah? going to lie. But okay. yeah, I mean, I spent, like I said, I spent a, a huge percentage of my childhood in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan because it was a place that, I mean, I grew up with a single mom. It was a place that my brother and I could go where we would have constant childcare and be able to run around and get into scrapes and not ever really be in any serious sort of suburban danger, I guess. And it wasn't every summer, but it was more that I spent more than one summer completely with my grandparents and my mother would just come up and visit us. Um, and I think they mentioned at the beginning of that episode that they needed fresh air. They decided they needed fresh air or whatever. And when you can't afford to send your kids to fancy summer camp, yeah. like a lot of people I know had their outdoorsy childhood experiences at fancy summer camp, we could never afford that. So I just, you know, was at my grandparents. And it, so I, it's very like hitting that nostalgia button for me in that particular way. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, cause everybody has their different experiences. For me, I was always, uh, uh, you know, doing lessons and stuff all through summer. Sure. So it's like, we all did violins. So it's like the idea of just being away for a whole summer is just antithetical to how I grew up. Um, but, but like my brothers did camp, like scout camp, but my dad was a scout master. And um, my, we, my sister and I went to Girl Scout camp one summer for like a couple weeks. We went to violin camp for two weeks where we had lessons every day, <laughs> yeah. like, but not. Oh, and- I wanted to go to, to voice camp, but we could never afford it. Um, so yeah, anyway, I feel you. Childhoods are very different, but I do not think this is a unusual, unusual experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause that makes more sense uh, because it does it, you know, they just are, cause you don't get the sense that they actually know Runkle stand really, which is necessary for the whole setup. Uh, but they're also not concerned about it. They don't think it's weird that they're like living in an attic in a rundown shack in the middle of the woods. Um, but that's, you know, they're also clearly very well adjusted and cool and fun people, happy kids. So like they're from a good supportive environment. They're doing fine. I had a bedroom in the barn. That was me. See, and that's the kind of thing that, depending on the type of kid you are, is super exciting and fun. <laughs> I loved it. I yeah. loved it, and except for when flies would get in. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus did day camp once. Yeah, I never did that. You know, I think it's because we did, like, we just would go camping and stuff. Because people, <laughs> other, other fans would, like, go on vacation and be like, what's that? What? You mean you, like, drove to visit your relatives, right? Like, that's vacation, right? <laughs> or you went camping at the, like... And then you canoed on a river for a day and then you went home. Like that's what, that's what, that's what our vacations were. So maybe that's why we didn't do uh, like those day camp kind of things. Um, Marcus says my mom worked in school, so she had summers off as well. Yeah. That makes a big difference too. Like the, the time and stuff, you know, how that works with childcare and everything, but yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how many more, like you were saying, Allison, of those nostalgia buttons, the show hits for you. Um, there's a few things coming up that I think will be highly entertaining. Um, I have a feeling you're going to enjoy, but 
I don't want to spoil anything and I don't want to overhype anything. So we'll call that there. I will say that the t- our next two episodes are Headhunters and The Hand That Rocks the Maple. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, headhunters. I'm guessing. All, like, all one word. Headhunters. All right. Um, like, like maybe like, um, oh God, headless horseman type situation. Okay. Maybe like a, um, disembodied head thing. Maybe, yeah. That's my guess is that there's a, there's like a head hunting, like a hunting of a head. Um, or, or alternately creepy monsters who hunt for heads and now we're on the lookout for the heads of two cute twins. Um, and then the hand that rocks the Mabel. Um, I got, I just love a title like that. I don't even want to make any guesses. That's just, 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 just bask, fun. just bask in the title. <sighs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're going to like some of these titles. Um, Great. so yes, looking forward to your thoughts on those next week. We will be back next week on Monday with our thoughts on season one, episode three and four, which of course are headhunters and the hand that wraps the Mabel. And yeah, we're going to leave it there and we'll leave it. I want everyone to go to a mental image of a gnome vomiting a rainbow. <laughs> And just like that's where we're gonna leave it. <laughs> that's the one thing Tom watched. The one thing <laughs> he was getting up to get more coffee or something, and he just stood there and watched the the gnome vomit with me for a while. It was a delight. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, some of our listeners are coming along on this Gravity Falls journey with us. Thank you, Marcus, for joining us in the chat again today. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know, listeners, if you've never seen it before. If you're catching up and watching on either Disney Plus or on Hulu, let us know what you think of these episodes and what you're excited about. If you are new to it, so. I, and now I'm going to be pondering what the, uh, the like the alignments for some of these characters are, and and like what what their role in the party is. Um, yeah. Anyways, more on this as our streaming place journey continues. So we'll leave it there. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.